Um, wow, everyone, very excited uh, to be talking to uh, this gentleman today. Uh, we often referred uh, to young Sam Daly as America's sweetheart, but I think that the mantle may have been taken by this man. It's uh, Caesar Cano. Caesar, thank you so much for for talking uh, to me today. I hope uh, I hope you don't regret it. <laughs> Fingers crossed on this side of the of the line, Matt. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So uh, now I have to tell you that uh, I noticed leading up to this meeting that you had done a uh, another podcast <laughs> no you caught on to that okay yes uh-huh. i sure i sure did yeah. i did i did <laughs> i felt i felt a little guilty because definitely i've been listening to you guys first and the longest uh but they reached out and i was like sure why not you know exposure don't hurt <laughs> it's right it's right we we had our shot and we just hesitated for one week too long <laughs> and then we got scooped Scoop right up. Exactly. That's right. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, no, more of a, of a, a you know technical kind of conversation. I, I I save my personal stuff for you for you guys. Good, good, good. Uh, we're of course talking about uh, the After Buzz MasterChef podcast, <laughs> whom I would describe as like Bowen to our Caesar <laughs> or Shanika to our Emily. I love it. I yeah. love it already. This is fine. That is pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Pretty accurate. Um, I'm hoping, you know, not to throw too much shade on those guys because they're all, you know, professional right. and all that sort of stuff. But just for fun, if you could give that interview maybe a rating out of a scale of 1 to 10. Okay. Could, okay. You, could you lay a number on it? Yeah, I would definitely put... And taking into consideration, it was my first podcast interview, so you know that that's something right there. Mm-hmm. I'd give it a solid seven. A seven. seven, yeah. Okay, okay. This mm-hmm. is this creates a benchmark for me to try exactly. and surpass. So maybe we'll come back to this at the end. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Seven out of ten. We can do it. We can do it. Uh, here we are. We're going into the top five. Right. Um, honestly, I'd be shocked if you don't make it to the top three. Uh, and frankly, you're my pick to win it all. Thank I'm wondering, you. no problem, no problem. Um, at what point in the competition did you begin to feel like maybe you have a shot at this whole thing? That maybe you are a contender? Or did you feel that way right off the bat? Um, a little bit of both. Mm. Um, my apron battle uh, was one of the more difficult ones because that, mm. that was a strong group. Everyone in the fish group was really strong. And none of us expected for all four of us to mm. get an apron. Uh, but there was some stuff that Chef Ramsey was saying during my apron battle that didn't make it on air mm. that kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. Um, they, they, they didn't show this, but it was probably – up until the restaurant takeover, the highlight, it had been the highlight for, for me mm. uh, in, the, in the competition. So in, that, in my apron battle, I was the only one that plated two dishes. Like everyone else, just the one plate. Okay. And I had enough of everything to do two. And I was, I was plating both of them. So Chef Ramsey's like, why are you plating two of them? And I was like, well, because I'm going to look at both and just present the best one. And then he just yeah. kind of stayed quiet. So when I take my dish up there and he's walking towards me to tr- taste, he walks right past me. Mm. And I'm like, what's going on? Is this like a TV moment kind of thing? You know, what's happening? But yeah. he went to my station and grabbed my second dish. And then he brings it over and he puts them side by side. And he's just staring at me, you know, with that stare that, is it good? <laughs> is it bad? <laughs> my brain's exploding. And then he, and then he said, in the time that I've done this competition, 
I've seen people with twice your time struggle mm-hmm. to put up one plate and wow. you were able to put up two identical plates. And, you know, I was over the moon after that. Uh, so definitely that was the confidence booster because yeah. I didn't, you know, once I saw everybody else there, I'm like, whoa, everyone here is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started out with that confidence, but then I had that bad stretch of like maybe three or four challenges, you know, where I was bottom three, bottom two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe this is it. You know, my time's yeah. kind of expiring. And, uh, to be honest, it was the tag team challenge that kind of made me think, you know what? I have a shot. At- the one, the one with Bowen. Yeah. The one with Bowen. Oh, cause- wow. That was, that's a lot later into the competition than I was in, uh, expecting you to say. Yeah, yeah, that was because, um, you know, I had that bad stretch and I was just like, mm, not unsure, not going everybody, everybody else was kind of rising and I was going mm. in reverse to them. So that's why it, it took a while. But then Emily left and mm. that was a big like hit to, how should I say it? Um, the the offset kind of stuff because like Emily and right. I were really good friends and her and I would chat after each day and just kind of recap the day so with her gone I didn't have that you know that person to hear me out and mm-hmm. kind of bounce ideas off of so I'm like man if Emily's gone I might be I might be next you know I might be uh, yeah. on out the door and the thing that saved me was the tag team challenge boom boom I want I definitely want to get into uh Bowen and uh and the outrageous Emily <laughs> Bake Off, which is like maybe the greatest moment of television of all time. <laughs> That's what I keep saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, without without question. Uh, but before we dive too uh, mm-hmm. too far into that, I was curious about um, thinking way back to before you know any of the shooting had begun. Uh, I'm assuming you had watched Master Chef, you had seen it on TV, you had an idea of what it was. Curious, how did that perception of the show change when you got onto set and you started participating in it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I wasn't one of the biggest fans of the show. Like you Mm. said, you know, it's it's a big enough name that I couldn't avoid knowing about it. And I'd seen clips on YouTube and, you know, an episode here and there when I was over at a friend's house. But I'd never followed, like, an entire season. Mm -hmm. I'd You know, I knew the names of the previous, you know, three or four winners because they're active on social media. Sure, sure. It's a lifestyle. Uh, I mean... Yeah. If you start following it, it's <laughs> the next thing you know, you're doing a podcast and you're <laughs> Skyping with one of the finalists in your bedroom. It makes no sense. So it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I get on set, uh, I encounter all these people who are just diehard fanatics. Mm. Uh, you know, have followed forever. It's been their dream to be on there. Uh, so they came in with like a notion of how the challenges are laid out and, mm. you know, the patterns that sometimes uh, TV shows follow or anything that's produced follows. And I felt at a disadvantage. I'm like, man, Hmm. I don't know that much. You know, I I, I thought I showed up to, you know, just cook. Yeah. Uh, So one of the misconceptions that I had, I thought the time allowed for the cook was edited, you know, Mm. but it was the biggest surprise to find out that it's not. No kidding. The time is real. We have always wondered that. Yeah. Yeah, that was oh, my wow. biggest surprise because I was like, hey, you know, no need to rush. It's it's TV magic, but no, yeah. it is real. They do like the cutting or the uh, editing, not the editing, but the rest time before. Mm. So like when they the, when the judges say, OK, go mm. uh, run to the pantry, uh, they stop us to let the ladies change out of their high heels into, you know, more safe shoes. That makes a uh, lot of sense. They pull their hair back uh, and that's our time to go to the restroom. 
because mm-hmm. uh, we can't, you know, once the the real challenge clock totally. starts, you can't leave set. Yeah. So we go, we run to the restroom. Everybody gets into their cooking attire, and then it's go time for real. So that's a span of maybe three, four minutes, wow. and then we don't leave again until that time that clock stops. So that was a huge surprise. Oh, wow, wow, that's yeah. so interesting. Um, so uh, one of the biggest things that I would I always wonder about. And, you know, we've t- we always talk every time we get an opportunity to do an interview mm-hmm. like this is this is a question that we always we always ask. And that is, you know, you know who you are best. And then there is the version of you that we see on mm-hmm. television. And there is some sort of group of editors and directors and producers somewhere that manipulate, you know, who, right. you know, the perception of you. And I'm curious to know what how do you feel about the way you're being presented? I'd say you're getting off pretty good. Pretty yeah. good, but yeah. like, there's certainly uh, not not a controversial figure. But I'm wondering, uh-huh. you know, uh, the Ringer. I, I I don't know if you saw, but the the Ringer did this uh, article about they watched like one random episode of MasterChef uh-huh. and they called you out as a villain. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> They're like, I oh, <laughs> Caesar is a villain. It was the um, after which challenge? <laughs> it was the it was the the legendary the the, the oh. so controversial churro episode where all <laughs> everything seems to always lead back to this churro episode. No, but, I'm glad I'm glad you guys picked that up on that because in the cast that was the thing. Like up until that challenge, everyone was trying to kind of find their place of mm. where they were, who their little group was, mm-hmm. and that's the challenge that changed everything. I it created it created a division. It became. Bowen and Shanika versus Caesar, and the rest of the cast just had to pick what side they were going to go to. So that, crazy! The churros changed it all. It did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Absolutely, man. But so, so yeah, yeah. So, so here we have. You know, uh, I was surprised by this by the Ringer article. They call you out as a villain. Um, how, how do you feel? Uh, you're you've been portrayed. Okay. So um, when we were all going through the process, there was still all 24 of us. We started having those conversations back in, mm. in, in the hotel where like, oh, man, they're, you know, they're really playing up this one aspect of my personality. Oh, I can feel that this is how mm. I'm going to be portrayed. And everyone had like their 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 character type down. Yeah. And then uh, for me, I was like, I don't get a vibe of them trying to portray me as anything, you know, like yeah. I don't feel like I'm being pushed in any way. Like in the interview room, they just let me go. Like they <laughs> let me talk forever. They tell, you know, they're, my interview person was like, go. And then I would just ramble on for five minutes. about yeah. One answer. Huh. Um, it wasn't until the, we were sent our apron pictures that I figured out my character type. And I was like, Oh, I'm the dorky guy with glasses. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I was like, I was snooping around on your social media a little bit uh-huh. to prepare for this. And I see a photo of you that's like you're holding a knife on a rooftop. You're in like <laughs> stylish clothes. It's like a beautiful background. And then like right next to it is this photo of you in this apron. And I'm like, these are totally different people. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I was the dorky guy the whole time. And I didn't even know it because it's so true to my character, you know. Oh, so yeah. I-, I feel that my portrayal has been about 90% spot on. Oh, good. Good. And and, and here's an ex- and here's an exclusive that I didn't give the other podcast. This is what we live for. <laughs> the villain part is also real because, mate, like a few years ago, I sent out a message to my closest friends, and I was like, "Describe me in two words." Yeah. And the words that came back were narcissistic and egotistical, and I was like, Whoa. "Oh, dang, this is for my best friend." <laughs> so wow. if anything, and that broke edit- you. Yeah, that, that broke, broke you. Me. And now yeah, I have that, to be on television to destroy yeah, this poor Chinese airplane pilot. 
And um, so, if anything, the editing has done me a favor because they haven't shown that side of me. You know, they've like, let's just do the positive right now. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I think. Yeah. yeah best case um, scenario, I think. Exactly. I'm not complaining. So, I want to kind of shift things uh, now just a little bit away from the show itself. Sure. Um, Caesar, what is Original Ninfas on Navigation? <laughs> that is a, like, stalwart of the Houston culinary scene. If you ever come to Houston, everyone will say that has to be one of your stops. So it's uh, it started out by a lady named uh, Ninfa, and she kind of propelled the Tex-Mex cuisine onto the spotlight. Mm. And they're known for their margaritas. They're known for their beef fajitas. And uh, that's just like Whenever you want a nostalgic meal in an old school part of Houston, that's where you go. Oh, nice. That's, nice. that's the spot to go, yeah. I noticed you didn't, I noticed you didn't mention tacos. You are... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm self-proclaiming myself the taco king of Houston, Texas. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Here, today. <laughs> today. So I was doing a little Houston research, mm -hmm. and I found this list of uh, essential late-night eats Ooh, in, that's in a good Houston. one. All right. The top three are uh -huh. all uh, mentioned tacos. So what are they? Remind so, me. Um, actually, okay. So my my plan was to I'm gonna uh -huh. I'll drop them on you, and this is like a uh, let's call it like a lightning round or like okay. quick association. I'm Sounds gonna good. hit I'll hit you with the name, and if you don't know it, that's fine. Uh -huh. But you are the taco king of Houston, right. so I would I do I, my I, research. I, would hope. I do my research. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, just a few words off the top of your head. Okay. Okay. Go for it. <clears throat> Cantina Barba. I've never been there. I've oh, heard of no. it, but haven't been. Yeah. El Rey Taqueria. Ooh, I've had friends that work there, and I went was was not impressed. Oh no! No, was not impressed. Velvet Taco. Oh no! Oh my no, god! No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Velvet Velvet Taco. They lose the concept of a taco because they they put too much in it. Where it doesn't, where it doesn't have a voice. This is so fascinating because one of my follow-up questions is: mm -hmm. Is there such a thing as a bad taco? Mm -hmm. yeah, I think so. Um, because okay, so in Texas, there's this, uh, there's this other huge debate of what constitutes Mexican food. Mm. Because there's also the, its own separate identity called Tex-Mex food, right. which is the mixture of you know Texas and Mexico and all like the fifth, seventh generation people that we have here. Sure. And then there's those recent immigrants who come and say that's not mexican food so there's this whole debate mm -hmm. um so if you want to take it back to the roots a taco is made up of three ingredients well four the tortilla okay. of course is taken and then there should always be fattiness spiciness uh citrus, some sort of citrus and then and a fresh element gotcha. so those are the four things that make up a, a taco those flavor profiles okay. so when you put too much it's just like, what am I? What am I eating? Just you know, <laughs> right. is it a casserole? What, what's happening right here? Please so. never come to Vancouver to eat the tacos here <laughs> in West Coast Canada. It will not satisfy your standards. If tortillas are not pressed and made to order, I want nothing to do with it. I'm curious because uh, I, I don't know what the sensation is like in in Houston right now, but we have encountered this sort of this feeling in the air that Houston somehow in the past year has become the it city for food yeah. in uh, the United States. And 
I'm wondering, do you sense that as well, being a Houstonian? Mm -hmm. And is there anything that you can really attribute that to? Or is it just a series of funny coincidences? What what, what do you think? Uh, I definitely think Houston is up and coming in the food scene. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Over the last year, we've had a lot of our local chefs start getting a lot of national recognition. Um, One chef here won the James Beard Award for Mm. Beth uh, Southwest Chef uh, of 2017. Uh, We've been featured in documentaries like Ugly Delicious by David Chain on uh, on Netflix. And uh, Bourdain was here, you know, was it was two seasons ago, Mm. uh, also featuring Houston. So I think that national attention is finally getting us some of the recognition that the city has uh, always kind of hung their hat on. Yeah. And I think it I think it's because. After New York, I feel we're the most diverse city in the United States. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have pockets of immigrant groups from all over the world. Um, I just learned that we have a Filipino community through Ralph who, you know, whenever he yeah. he's in town, I hang out with them and he's been showing me all these spots. I was like, where have these spots been all my life? I think about uh, Ralph's like adobo chicken all the time. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Just that one, that one thing he plated that looks so insane. I've never, I'd never even heard of that dish before. Now it's like, how do I get it? Uh, how do I get it? And yeah. then, the, and then, uh, he had a pop-up, uh, on Sunday. I saw and it. I, yeah. And I went, you know, I ate uh, for the first time for the first sitting and then I helped him out for the, the later two sittings and he served that chicken adobo. And we were talking about it before, uh, afterwards, and I'm like, every time you said chicken adobo, I imagine the Mexican adobo. And then mm. he's like, yeah, because we share a similar dish names because we were, you know, both Mexico and the Philippines were conquered by the Spaniards. So we, we uh, took that uh, from uh. there. Uh, but adobo in Mexico is like this spicy, thick kind of gravy sauce, mm-hmm. whereas his adobo is more of a sweet, tangy. Uh, the Filipino adobo is more yeah. sweet and tangy. So it was really cool that I went biting into this dish expecting one flavor profile and got the complete opposite right so i'm like wow yeah and that's what houston is you can it's such a huge city that you can you know go around and eat food from all over the world and i think that's why we're getting that that recognition finally um cesar yes. do you go by cesar or caesar i okay i go by both okay uh in spanish it's cesar but ever since i moved here everyone started calling me caesar and it's stuck i like the way that one sounds too what do you love about Japanese style mandolins. <laughs> they're efficient and they're precise and they speed up the process of uh, of prep like a million times fold. Mm. I love Japanese mandolins. Love them. Would recommend. Would recommend and don't use the guard with it. Just you're you're going to slice your the thumb you're going to slice your finger sooner or later, but that's just the price you pay. What does tuna heart taste like? <sighs> Not not something you'd want to try. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like it's just like all the flavors of the tuna concentrated in the tiny little organ. Because yeah. uh, uh, I they gave me about four pieces, and one of them I cut up, and you know I sautéed really quickly to I, try it. I was going to ask you. That's like, what do you do when you're faced with something like that? You must have to taste it, but do you have yeah. time to cook it quickly? Uh, yeah. So I mm. sliced it super thin, threw it in a, in a hot pan, and then just tried it uh, just with salt. And it it has that really big tuna flavor, but mm-hmm. also with that iron flavor of eating blood. Right. So uh, I was like, okay, what do I do? Luckily, my mom and my grandma, they 
cooked with liver and that mm. kind of stuff. And a big thing that they do is they soak it in ice water for a while to draw out some of that excess oh. uh, flavor. So I did that first, and then I marinated in no uh, like citrus flavors, and then I cooked it. Huh. Uh, so you know they, they didn't show that part, of course, because of time. But yeah. that was the best way I thought of uh, combating that that really strong pungent flavor. Caesar is Bowen unhinged. Is it? <laughs> Safe for him to be flying airplanes. <laughs> I would never get on an airplane being piloted by Bowen. I'll tell you that right now. I'm like, how is this? How is this man a pilot? He can't handle pressure. He, uh, he, you know, claims yeah. that there's a, a, a communication problem. Like, aren't you constantly communicating with you know that tower, that control tower? You think Are so? You, yeah. It's, so it's really puzzling. Like very puzzling. Mm-hmm. So no, I would not be if, if I was to walk up to the airplane and see him sitting there. I turn right around. I take I take the car. <laughs> I drive the distance. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably unfair. You know, that was a bit of a assassination by me on Boeing. I shouldn't have. Uh, that's probably not really fair. I should, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But love the reaction. I do want to. Uh, there's a few moments that happen throughout the show. A few mm-hmm. uh, eliminations that I feel like us as you know doing our podcast that there are still some unanswered questions around. Mm-hmm. And I would love to get your perspective because you were sure. there on a couple of eliminations. The day that Matt was mm. eliminated during the mm. mystery box challenge, to me that came so abruptly. So unceremonious, I feel like he was assassinated by MasterChef. Your thoughts? I'll I'll, I'll share his thoughts. Mm. uh, During the summer, uh, I was hanging out. You know, I was doing my little mini tour. And I stayed in Iowa for about four or five days. And him and I did an event together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we had plenty of time to talk. And that's exactly how he feels. Because we were doing our mystery box challenge. Everyone was cooking. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, towards the end where Joe makes that announcement. like, someone's going home on this and those that have watched the show before they're like this has never happened before so so uh his 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 thought is that his performance was so poor (laughs) across the mystery box challenge that he's like man we're just gonna get rid of this guy right now uh but that that's how he feels he feels that was a a targeted uh thing for him Uh, because it it caught me by surprise yeah totally i mean it was so weird because gordon was just like riding him so hard Mm-hmm, and then suddenly mm-hmm. he was gone. I was like, was that on purpose? Did they know something about Matt that we don't? I don't know. I weird. expected Matt, you know, in top 10. Because yeah. uh, from conversations I had with him and just seeing uh, the way he plated his food and the flavors that he put together, I was like, dude, th- yeah. this guy's in for the long haul. Huh. So that that came as a shock. Okay. And now we have to talk about the Bake Off. <laughs> the <laughs> Bake Off, this is like probably my biggest regret of doing this podcast was the episode we put out after the Bake Off. Now, I want to... <laughs> Like Jenny and I, we were there together. Stacy, she was out of town. She wasn't around. We had both had really rough days at work. We decided we we're gonna have a whiskey that turned into two whiskeys. Then, <laughs> then we see what is ultimately like the greatest episode of television I've ever seen. Right. And uh, there's just nothing we could have done at that point to to do it justice. And um, I still can't quite shake it because it was just mm-hmm. so perfect, so mm-hmm. so masterful. The whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it like? being on the balcony watching this all take place. Okay. So Emily and I had talked about that the night before where we, we had a pretty good idea that her and I would be team captains because mm-hmm. we had performed well on the halibut challenge. I was yeah. like, so if it's a, it's, if it's team one, there's a chance it might be you and I. 
So we're like, who do you want? Who don't you want? What would your team be like? And of course, neither of us wanted Shanika because <laughs> she's not a good team player. She just, you know, stirs sure. up drama, but it did, doesn't step up to the plate. Um, so I was like, I'll take her because she would never expect me to pick her because of that rivalry that her and I have. Sure. So that'll throw her off her game. And if she starts talking lip, well, then I'll just call her out on it and put her on a task that she claims to be able to do better. Mm -hmm. And if we lose, we lose. I don't care. I'll face whatever challenge it is. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work that way. Emily gets her. We all see it unfold. Yeah. And I knew – I don't think she told me, but I just knew that that, that was the decision she was going to make. There was mm -hmm. no way she was going to walk away not facing Shanika. The, the it, it's too good television. How could she not – Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it wasn't even for her for Emily and it would really truly was a personal thing. She just mm -hmm. genuinely disliked Shanika <laughs> yes. and hated the way she behaved on her team because nothing positive, nothing positive came out of her mouth. Oh, and man. she's like, I'll I'll take her on right now. And yeah. and I told her I would have done the same thing. I'd take her on too. I think you have to. Yeah. I think I think to. you have to given given yeah. everything that's that's taken place up to that point. Mm -hmm. And the what what was the. What was the what was it like being on there with everybody else who was safe, I mean, watching it if, all take place? If you guys got a sense of how tense it is, it live it was a million times more. <laughs> oh, yeah. I told her, I told her the night, you know, afterwards, and I saw, I got to see her before she she left. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you just filmed the greatest episode of this oh. season, Max. No everyone on set stopped. Yeah. You know, anybody that's involved, security, wardrobe, makeup, everybody stopped and stood either on the fourth wall or in front of a monitor because it was just dead quiet. Wow. You could hear a pin drop. Everyone was just so tense <laughs> because you could feel you could just feel I'm the like rage. It right now. Yeah, you yeah. could feel the rage coming out of both of those uh those contestants mm. and we were all just wrapped up in it. It wow. was it was crazy. Oh man. Was, yeah. yeah. That she won an Emmy. It was it was out yeah, of control. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am interviewing Shanika next week. <laughs> good, good. Yes, uh, nice. I am incredibly intimidated. <laughs> Any tips for how one should like conduct themselves when holding court with the queen? Take her, take her straight on. That's why she hates me. Because um... <laughs> I want her to like me. <laughs> I... <laughs> She'll she won't like you if if you she she might not like me but she respects me because mm. I because this is this is how this is how the Shanika beef started with me yeah um her and I got along well you know when we were off casting and stuff like that but the only thing I didn't like about her she came in too confident mm. uh, same thing as Bowen they were like we're the finale is going to be Bowen and myself. Uh, mm -hmm. we're, one of us is going to take it. It doesn't matter. You guys are just here kind of to fill in the time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. If that's what you think, that's cool. Sure. But then I started watching her and I was like, you're not that good. Mm -hmm. You know? So when I got that churro advantage, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> what they didn't show on TV is that I had to go one by one and explain why I was saving them yes. or why I was leaving him down there. Right. And, and then on TV, they just kind of like, you know, they, they grouped it. You know, they're like, oh, I'm saving the bakers. I'm saving them. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Bowen, uh, they asked me, Caesar, are you saving Bowen or are you leaving him down here? I was like, I'm leaving him down there because I don't think he can cook anything else than, a, than Chinese cuisine mm -hmm. or a take on a Gordon Ramsay dish. Yeah. Um, 
And then when it came to Shanika, they're like, oh, Shanika, are you leaving her down here or are you saving her? I was like, I'm leaving her down here because I want to see someone what someone with limited skills can do in such a high pressure Ooh. situation. And then that and boy, was she did not like that. at all. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. But she lasted pretty long despite she, she did. Mm-hmm. She did last pretty long because um, same thing. I respect her good qualities mm-hmm. and she is by far one of the hardest working contestants that I saw. Uh what an answer. Trying, this is why trying, you're America's sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> trying to improve herself, trying to improve her game. And I got to respect that regardless of what I think of her as a person. Right um, but then, so the rest of the season was just kind of this always tense moment between her and I, where she'd bite at me and I'd bite back and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then it was her and Bowen were waiting for my fall, right? And <laughs> yes. it finally happened in the Mark episode when Mark and I pair up <laughs> yeah, and we just get yeah. this terrible critique from it. So <sighs> on the Mark. ride back, they're just giving me all this lip and like, ha, 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 and your oh, dish was terrible. And it got to the point where I was like, look, what? I'll tell you what's something, Shanika. <laughs> if you want to settle this, I'll fly to Miami. I'll cook <laughs> in your home, use your stove for your friends and they'll still like my food better than yours and we'll see Whoa. who the real cook is and ever since then, <laughs> you, that hatred just kept building and building and building and it's spilled wow. over to the social media oh. it's like her you and i are always mm-hmm. <laughs> battling on twitter yeah i love it i love it but it still seems to be good natured somehow you know i i used to think that max and then i started <laughs> and then i started like asking other contestants i was like have you kept up with the uh, with my uh, war with shanika and she's like yeah she really hates you i was like wait I thought we was, it was just kind of like a fun thing to do. And she's like, no, she doesn't like you. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. So the hatred is genuine on her part. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, well, I cannot wait. to. I'll have to make sure that she hears this before. This yeah, she has, she, she has to. She has to. I'm sure she will. Yeah. Um, and, I've told, and I've told her that a million times. That's why I'm okay saying it in the air because it's not, it's, not, it's not anything she hasn't heard from me personally already. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm wondering if we can uh, kind of go back in time to right. your, your audition. Uh, I'm curious to know, uh, what did you make for your audition? And do you have any advice for people who are considering auditioning? Anything that you would recommend they do? Anything they should know about beforehand? Okay, Uh, good questions. Um, The day that the Houston auditions were being held, I kind of forgot about it Mm because I had filled in my forms in advance. Um, And I also had a 5K like a fundraising 5k walk that morning gotcha so on friday night i was like man i got to do both things so what can i make that i can take in a small cooler with me to the uh 5k run and then still make it in time to my audition time mm-hmm. so i went with a salad believe it or not you 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 got your you you're, you're yes. blowing my mind yep i took a salad it couldn't um, have just been any salad <laughs> well it was it was pretty cool it was it was a beet salad with uh Apple, uh, avocado, and queso fresco tossed in a uh, roasted garlic Caesar dressing. Okay. And then I had I spiced my own peanuts and used that as the crunchy ah, component. The peanuts. You you got got them with the peanuts. <laughs> so I was sitting there in this room and looking at all these other dishes. People who took like lobster, mm. a ra- uh, rack of lamb, filet mignon. And I was like, yeah. well, this is as far as this is going, you know? Yeah. So no, my salad propelled me to the next round and then wow. the next round and the next round until I finally got that call of, you're coming to LA. So that ties into my advice for for uh, anybody that's considering auditioning is don't go for a wow factor if that's not who you are. Mm. If you don't regularly cook with expensive cuts of meat, there's no reason for you to show up with something like that because you don't know it. 
Um, The reason I did that salad is because they're all things that I do on a regular basis. I love beets. I've loved beets since I was a kid. I love avocado. (laughs) Cesar Cano loved beets since he was a kid. (laughs) I should put that up under my bio. (laughs) That's right. My social media. Oh, yeah. I'll get get Jenny to send you a custom graphic for your (laughs) Instagram. Uh, So that's my advice. Stick to the flavors that you know and that speak to you. And you can't you can't go wrong with that. Don't try to impress them with someone that with something you're not. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Caesar, thanks so much uh, for doing this. I'm going to wrap it up. Is there anything that you uh, have coming up that you want uh, people to know about? Uh, so I'm going to keep doing uh, these cooking around Houston, uh, my pop ups. There's a bar here in Houston called Athro Flint that's going to let me do two consecutive weeks in October. And this is just a way to kind of promote my taco idea because essentially that's uh, something that i would want it to turn into into something else yeah now, so yeah maybe we should just uh, uh mo- you know i was about to wrap it up but i realized that we mm-hmm. um we've sort of skipped over that this taco right. idea what mm-hmm. how what would what what is it exactly how would you describe oh, it give, okay. give us some more details this is a loaded question so are you ready Here you yeah, go. i am so the reason I connected with people like Farhan, Juni, and Ralph on the show is because we both feel the same way about this, where European cuisines, French, Italian, Greek, they're held in this high esteem. Mm. And then the cuisines of South American countries or island countries in Asia, like the Philippines, Peru, Mexico, they're seen as uh, not kind of that same level. Sure. Um and then, hold on, I think a call was coming in or something. Oh, yeah, Norris. There we go. Uh, and so that's my whole mission where this humble thing that you can get for 99 cents somewhere mm-hmm. or two for a dollar kind of thing isn't cheap. There's a lot of technique that goes involved, you know, yeah. techniques similar to European cuisine. So that's why I decided I'm going to do tasting menus, multi-cores that look fancy like you expect at high-end restaurants, but they're all going to be tacos. So I do like a five-course meal, and every taco has a different tortilla, different flavor, different filling. And there's a story behind each one. Like each one represents either a person that's important in my life or a time period that changed me. Um, Oh, wow. This is is high-concept stuff. Yeah. yeah, So so whenever I have people over, another thing that I hate is when you go to a restaurant, the person that conceptualized the menu rarely cooks the meal for you. Mm. You know, they train their cooks and then they execute it. Sure. So that's why I only do small groups so I can conceptualize it, prepare it, cook it and serve it to, to the person and explain the story behind right. each, each, each course. Um, so I want that to eventually become like my main thing. Right. And that's why I keep going out into the public and, and letting them taste the food so they can be interested and explain the concept behind it and gather six or seven friends and right. come have a tasting kind of thing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's the idea behind it. That is awesome. Were you doing cool. that similar stuff when you were going around on your little tour uh, this summer? Yeah. Yeah, I was doing that uh, uh, and just spreading the love of tacos and the concept <laughs> behind it to everywhere that I go. So at, with Matt, uh, one of the, we did an eight course meal. He did four and I did four. Yeah. And one of my courses was a taco. Uh, when I was in Chicago with Emily, uh, we cooked at her house one night yeah. and she prepared a dish and I prepared two tacos. Yeah. So then afterwards, uh, you know, I showed her how to, how to make the dough for the flour tortillas mm-hmm. and, you know, how to cook them and stuff like that. And then, uh, 
so that was cool. So it was kind of sharing and spreading that concept that I have of what's considered a low end or cheap, uh, yeah. cheap uh, dish, cheap meal kind mm-hmm. of thing. David Chang, yeah. the chef David Chang, you mentioned him earlier. Right. He has a very similar sort of mission around uh, right, exactly. uh, Chinese food right? or mm-hmm. Asian food in general. I guess. Asian yeah. food. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and there's a lot of chefs coming up. Uh, that have that same kind of mission of was like, Hey, it's, let's stop saying one's better than the other. Yeah. Let's just say they all have qualities that we can enjoy out of them. Without question. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. these are man. You got to talk to Jenny. We got to, I got to set you up with Jenny. Jenny's doing, okay, pop that up, sounds cool. yeah, she's doing her own pop-up dinners all around, uh, nice. uh, Vancouver and stuff. So I'm sure you guys could, uh, uh compare notes. I'm sure she could learn. Uh, hey, next summer I might make it all the way to Vancouver. Don't even, do pop-up over there. don't I even, man. don't even, don't even. <laughs> Cause we I would. never got to the West coast this summer. I still got to hit up those guys there. Definitely. All right. All right, let's let's uh, stay in touch with that yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, you just mm-hmm. you have no idea. You just exploded Jenny's brain when she. Hears this. <laughs> I'm down. I'm, uh, I'm serious about it. Oh yeah, I yeah, know, uh, and she is too. So this is what's a very frightening development. Um, so at the beginning, we talked about uh, after Buzz or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. You rated that interview a seven out of ten. I did. And here we are at the end of this interview. So I would appreciate it if you could take a moment. Okay. And. Assign this interview a number out of 10. Okay. So I'm going to say um, my number is going to be biased because I listened to you guys first and I feel personally connected with all of y'all. So that's already that already puts you at a seven. Like you were going to get a seven <laughs> regardless. So then my next number is solely based on the quality of the interview and how much fun I had. And I'll definitely do a 9.25. 9.25. Oh, what mm-hmm. a fantastic answer. Room to grow. I love it. <laughs> Honored. Thank you so much, Cesar. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks again. Um, your Instagram handle is? Take underscore son. T-A-Q-U-E mm-hmm. underscore S-O-N. Boom. Definitely follow uh, follow that handle, especially if you're in the Houston area, because there's going to be all sorts of uh, taco uh, pop-ups happening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. And yep. I hope you win. Thanks, Max. It was a pleasure talking to you with you. You too. Alrighty, bye.